0: Y'all, the College World Series field is set. Eight teams going to Omaha starting on Friday. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer for Sports Illustrated. And thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And thank you to today's new sponsor, Sports Card Investor. You can download the Sports Card Investor app today and easily browse over 630,000 cards from every sport with hundreds more added each week. It's available for free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores or go to sportscardinvestor.com backslash locked on. So the College World Series field is set. Uh, And since there's four SEC West teams uh, in a Texas A&M, in Arkansas, in Ole Miss, and in Auburn, as well as two teams that are going to be in the SEC in the future in Texas and Oklahoma to go along with Notre Dame and Stanford, I thought it was only right to do the preview of the College World Series with the host of Locked on SEC, Chris Gordy. Had a great chat about both sides of the bracket, about these teams, and about uh, who was going to come out on top in Omaha. Check it out. Welcome on in to the College World Series preview. I'm Lindsey Crosby, host of Locked on MLB Prospects. He's Chris Gordy, host of Locked on SEC. And I felt it fitting that Chris joined me on this because four of the eight teams uh, going to Omaha are in the SEC now. And then two other teams are going to be joining the SEC in Texas and Oklahoma. So, um, Chris, welcome in. And and did you imagine before the season started that half of the field in Omaha would be SEC teams?
1: Hey, we always know the SEC is strong in, in just about every sport, particularly baseball. But I did not expect uh, four teams from the SEC West, if we're going to be specific. I mean... You know, Tennessee, we we had high hopes for Tony Vitello and his bunch, and they showed it all season long as the number one seed and, you know, winning the SEC regular season, winning the SEC tournament and looking strong. But man, you got to, you know, when you're at home, you got to hold serve. And they did not against a really good Notre Dame team. And so they're out. But yeah, preseason, I had high expectations for Georgia. I had high expectations for Tennessee. Um, You know, I did not have high expectations for Auburn or, you know, even Ole Miss, I thought, disappointed for much of this year. Them and Mississippi State, the reigning national champs. And about a month ago, it looked like Ole Miss was not going to make it. And they were able to rebound and, and make it. But just from an SEC standpoint, yeah, I'm surprised the reigning national champs, Mississippi State, didn't even make the postseason. And I was surprised Tennessee, the best team in the country for much of the season, is not here in Omaha.
0: Yeah, the big surprise thing t- to me there was Tennessee. And if you go back and you look at it, only once has the number one overall seed won the entire thing. And that was 19- 1999 with Miami. But I thought they'd at least make it. And so, but, you know, no, they, they faced up with a really good Notre Dame team. And I think that's a great time to segue into that bracket number one in Omaha. You've got Notre Dame, uh, 40 and 15. You've got Texas one of the preseason favorites to do the whole thing. Uh, I was a little touch and go there for a while in the big 12, but they, they, they came out of it going up against Eastern Carolina, winning that region, uh, that super regional, you've got Texas A&M and you've got Oklahoma um, of these four teams. I think the biggest story, the biggest noteworthy thing has to be Texas first baseman, Ivan Melendez, uh, the Hispanic Titanic led <laughs> all of college baseball and home runs this year and just gives them a a fantastic power threat
1: there in the heart of the lineup. Yeah, I got to see Texas play a couple games last year, and then I got to see them this year, you know, early in the season. They were in Houston at Minute Maid Park, and I got to see them in person play a couple SEC teams, and, you know, Melendez is the real deal. I mean, that, that dude was hitting monster tank shots. I was watching take some BP there at Minute Maid Park, and He's, uh, he's the real deal, and then we saw it throughout the season. Now, Texas did have a couple slip-ups throughout the year, lost games that maybe they shouldn't have, but um, all that said, they are here you know where they're supposed to be. I had some questions with their pitching staff, but no, Melendez is so fun to watch, and you know whether you like the nickname or not, the Hispanic Titanic, uh, he is a human highlight reel. And so I, I really do believe, I mean, nothing against the, the smaller schools, the coastal Carolinas and teams like that that have broken through and gotten here before, But man, this this is, this is as blue blood as it gets from big names in college sports, college athletics, you know, football schools, if you will. Uh, But a lot of these schools with really good baseball programs, really good baseball traditions. And, you know, look, Texas, the the days of Augie Garrido feel like they've been a long time away now. They're starting to get hungry and they want to get back and win a title. And so of those four teams that are here, Oklahoma's very talented, Notre Dame's talented, and man, tip the cap to Texas A&M for, for getting here in year one of Jim Schlossnagel. Nobody thought they would be here, but if I'd have to say of the four teams uh, that we're looking at here, Texas to me is the biggest storyline and the biggest expectations for them of the four.
0: Yeah, and and the thing about this Texas squad is they've, they've done so much as far as home run hitting this season, and normally that's a thing where when you go to Omaha, it's a large ballpark, so their first thought is your power production is going to slip. But in Austin, they also have a huge ballpark. And so it seems like the game that Texas plays, which is big hits uh, and and keeping guys off of base, it feels like they're pretty well-suited to, to take this into Omaha. And so I agree that they they probably have the biggest expectations. And then the other exciting part to me is 39 appearances in the College World Series. Uh, there's been the same number of College World Series that have happened, that have had Texas, that have not had Texas. They're the most prolific team to, to appear in the College World Series. Very excited that they're here. Um, and just going to be a great matchup. Obviously, they open with Notre Dame. I think that's going to be a really interesting matchup. Um, kind of curious what John Michael Bertrand can do um, against Texas. But ultimately, I think it's going to come down the end of this bracket. You're looking at Texas has to be the favorite to advance uh, to the championship round.
1: They are, but I, I would not count out A&M. Um, you know, I interviewed Jim Schlossnagel on on, Locked on SEC before the season, and mm-hmm. you know some of the things he kind of said was, you know, look, it's going to take some time to build this thing. And, I mean, lo and behold, he, he didn't even know what he had. I mean, Micah Dallas is pitching really well for them, and then they're getting the most out of that lineup. I mean, Dylan Rock has drove in some big runs for them. Austin Bost has hit big all year, and their bullpen has been pretty solid. You know, pitched four shutout innings down the stretch against Louisville last weekend, so... Uh, Texas A&M look they they might not be the you know the the team that you look at and go oh yeah they they should absolutely be uh competing and winning this thing they're they're ahead of schedule to put it that way mm-hmm. but uh don't count them out i mean they're still very talented have some good pieces and my question is for the Aggies fa- fans moving forward if if this is what Schloss does in year 1 at A&M what's he going to do in years to come i mean it's like you've set the bar way too high in year 1
0: Yeah. And, you know, Auburn coach Butch Thompson had a great quote about that. He said, uh, some, you know, too often you fail because you set the target low and hit. You need to set, you know, you need to aim high. And, and that's what Jim Slausenangle has done. Uh, you know, year one, you have to feel good about what they've done. And then I, I don't want to count out this Notre Dame team. Uh, it's something where, they, I, I think pitching-wise, they're probably in the best shape of the four teams in this bracket, and they did just go into a hostile environment uh, in Knoxville and knock off the national number one in kind of convincing fashion. It wasn't fluky wins. It was just outright they were a better baseball team, and so going to be a great matchup either way. That starts um, on Friday at 2, 2 p.m., Eastern is Oklahoma, Texas A&M. And then 7 p.m. Eastern is Notre Dame versus Texas. Um, we, your predictions on this, this bracket, who comes out of this? If you had to put money on it.
1: Yeah, I mean, being the resident SEC hunk, if, uh, if there since there's only one SEC team on this side, I'm going to root for A&M. So I'll, I'll take A- A&M to, uh, to beat Oklahoma. I'll take Texas to beat Notre Dame but uh, yeah from if we're going all the way to picking one team coming out of this side I would say it's going to be the Texas Longhorns
0: yeah and I think when you look at the odds um, for that that's something where very very much matches Texas is the favorite uh, to win this entire thing and so really interesting to see what happens there now today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Sports Card Investor this is reimagining the world of sports cards if you are like if this is your hobby, collecting trading cards is your hobby. Uh you this is the best resource you are ever going to get. You can check the value of your favorite cards. You can find great deals. You can if you want to, you can profit from the hobby you love and this app is completely free. You can download Sports Card Investor from the Google Play and the Apple App Stores uh because this is absolutely a must have for baseball fans. So like I feel like this is probably the most ideal and perfect sponsor we've ever had for this show, because most people who collect trading cards do it for a couple reasons. either one, uh, they want to collect the cards of their favorite players, or it's nostalgia. You want to go back and you want to collect the uh, the cards from players in your youth. Well, either way, you can go in there and you can see what options there are for these cards. You can value these cards. Uh, you can even find great deals if you want to go out and purchase them to build your one-of-a-kind collection. But then I think the biggest thing here, for listeners of this show, is breakout stars and prospects that are debuting. You can go out, you can find, like if there's a prospect that you just love, a Jeremy Pena, an MJ Melendez, a guy that you think, hey, this dude's going to be something special. You can, not not only are, am I going to talk about him, I'm going to go on about how good this guy is, but... You can go into Sports Card Investor and you can track the value of his rookie cards in real time. And you can see as the value fluctuates. And it's always fun to go out and you can almost think of it like like you're picking stocks. Like you can buy a share of this player. And the way you buy a share of this player, of this prospect that I've just talked about, is by buying the card and then waiting to see how it increases in value the, the better and better the prospect plays and the closer and closer they get to the show. So download the sports Card investor app today. It's available for free in the Google Play and Apple app stores or go to sportscardinvestor.com backslash locked on. Now the other side of the bracket I think is really interesting as well. So you've got three SEC West squads here. you've got the Old Miss Rebels, you've got the Auburn Tigers, you've got the Ar- the Arkansas Razorbacks. And then you have a Stanford squad that on paper, offensively is the best team of the four teams in this bracket. Uh, my question is, Have they? is this a mirage because of the different level of competition they've played in the Pac-12 versus these SEC teams?
1: It's it'd be easy to say that, but look at where we were. I mean, Oregon State was a couple runs away from knocking off Auburn and being here. You know, we, mm-hmm. there there's there were some other Pac-12 teams that, that could have easily been here. But yeah, I mean, it, I look nothing against UConn last weekend, but did Stanford get the easier draw? You know, if they had to go to Knoxville, would we be talking about Stanford here? Probably not, but um, they're here, they've punched their ticket, but I just think there's three really, really talented teams. We'll start with the Arkansas team that Stanford's going to see. Look, kudos to Dave Van Horn. I mean, he had his better team was last year in 2021. Mm -hmm. Crazy to think they've gotten farther with the team that's less talented than the 2021 group. But, man, they are, are getting it done. Connor Nolan really was struggling pitching down the stretch of the SEC schedule for them, but he has been really good here in the postseason. Pitched almost seven shutout innings last weekend against North Carolina. Got some great hitters that are really getting the job done for them. Peyton Stovall, Braden Webb hitting home runs this past weekend. So I really like Dave Van Horn's group. And I, I, again, you know, I'm talking about teams of destiny. It feels that way a little bit with this Arkansas team. And on the other side, Mike Bianco. I mean, you got to give him credit rising from the ashes about a month ago. They were ready to run him out of Ole Miss. Now he gets to Omaha for the second time and uh, they're singing his praises and they're getting it done with some young uh, pitching, I know Dylan Delucia and, and you know Hunter Elliott had ten strikeouts last weekend, and then Tim Elko, all he does is crush the ball all year long, drove in a bunch of runs this past weekend. So love Ole Miss, and then Auburn, you know Butch Thompson, his second CWS appearance here in his past four seasons. Sonny DeShera, one of the most fun players to watch. He uh, reminds me of me, weighs about the same as me, and uh, <laughs> a little less power for me, but seeing Sonny Deshera crush home runs he was the SEC co-player of the year with uh, Dylan Cruz at LSU fun to watch Bobby Pierce Brody Moore and then they're pitching you know Joseph Gonzalez has been money all year Mason Barnett was okay Trace Bright kind of struggled last weekend but I like uh I like these SEC teams and it's gonna be a lot of fun especially seeing Auburn versus Ole Miss again uh but this time with you know all the marbles
0: yeah and and Butch Thompson actually talked about that in media availability before they left for Omaha. And he said, you know, we've played uh, this side of the bracket, everybody, but Stanford, the most, like we're going to do the most prep for Stanford. Cause we haven't seen them, but he's like, we can't just go strictly off of what happened in the previous matchups because we're a different team. Now, Old Miss is a different team. Now you alluded to it. Old Miss has had to move to a lot of younger pitchers and kind of put them into unfamiliar situations and got, you know, and, and, Despite that, they've been able to uh, I mean they've got a, a team ERA of four forty-four, but they've pitched a lot better recently as those youngsters have kind of gotten into a groove, gotten into their stretch. And so it's it's something where Tim Elko's playing hurt. It feels like I we say that every single year. Uh but old like Ole Miss is is very threatening, and I think they could go pretty far in this, but the money Bet Online has um, has Stanford as the favorite to advance out of this regional. They've got Arkansas and Stanford kind of one and two right there. And it's, it's something where this Arkansas team's tested. This Arkansas team has, has they spent the, almost the entire season leading the West, um, matched up with everybody pretty well. They won the series against Auburn. They won the series against Old Miss. So they've done this. They're just having to do it again in a different ballpark. And um, Brady Tiger's the guy that I think is going to be really big for Arkansas out of the bullpen 23 appearances on the year and he's the ERA is 382 and I think that's a little bit misleading because he's had a couple outings that didn't go great he had one early in the year Uh, he gave up you know he gave up I think four hits and two runs and two innings but for the most part he's been absolutely nails outside of stumbling a little bit um, against Oklahoma State so the question for me is going to be Uh, Can he provide them that lockdown presence? We know that Arkansas can score runs. We know that Arkansas can hit the ball, but it's going to be, what can he do? Can he come in out of the bullpen and shut it down? um, So that in that first matchup against Stanford, who, like we said, has the best offense in this regional on paper, they're the only team batting over 300 in this regional. Uh, They lead this, this side, I'm sorry, this side of the bracket with 117 home runs. Can Arkansas slow them down enough? Um, with pitching to stay in the game. And that's just, that's the big question. I think a lot of us just don't really know about this Stanford team because they played out West all year and they're making the farthest trip, 1700 miles to come to Omaha and, and uh, kind of show us what they have.
1: Yeah. And, and again, it's funny with the Arkansas team, you wish they had Kevin Copps on this team because he, you know, that yeah. guy was so good for them all last season, but um, no, I, I'm with you. I mean, I think the bullpen can get the job done. I, I, I just really like Arkansas. I feel like, you know, there's so many teams that they get close one year, they fall short of expectations the next year. They come back hungrier and with that drive, and that's what I feel like Dave Anhorn's bunch uh, is going to do. So yeah, I mean, I look. You can say the money might be on Stanford. I'm going to take Arkansas to, to to beat them, and I'll, I'll take Auburn against Ole Miss again. I, I know I gushed on Ole Miss and I like their pit, their young pitching, but I think Auburn could pull off the win there, and uh, and we'll see from there. And uh, you know, if you want to get to our picks. And just a little bit on who we think is going to win it all, I'll give you a good reason why, uh, spoiler alert, I'm going to go with an SEC team. but <laughs> it's, it's just one of those, you know, and before we get to the picks, I, I do
0: want to take a minute to, you brought him up, you talked about him briefly, but Sonny DeShera from Auburn. So we have the two best first basemen in college baseball in this the National College Baseball Writers Association named Ivan Melendez, first team All-American today. Uh, they named Sonny share a second-team All-American um, late Wednesday afternoon, as we're recording this. And just thinking about what Sonny did, transferring from Sanford into the SEC, and then leading the entire country in walks, uh, leading the entire country in walks per game, and then an on-base percentage, the on-base percentage of over 500. It just—it's one of those things that it doesn't feel like like that should be allowed. You—you you shouldn't be able to have an on-base percentage of over 500 in the SEC, in what's arguably the toughest, uh, the toughest conference, toughest division of amateur baseball. And it's something where this Auburn squad has looked all season to try to find protection for him. I mean, one of the reasons he got walked so much was because they weren't getting the, the threats in front of him and behind him. It looks like going off the regional explosion where they put up over 50 runs in three games against uh, Southeastern Louisiana and Florida State and UCLA, it looks like they may have found that. Uh, kind of sandwiching him between Switch Hitter Cole Foster and Bobby Pierce, but uh, two first basemen who are really interesting. And i got going to tell you, I feel bad for if it ends up the final being Texas versus Auburn. I feel really bad for these pitchers who have to pitch to either one of these guys.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, I think that the interesting part is, you know, I was looking through, and I know you talk a lot on the the prospects that that we'll see. I mean, just of the guys who are slated to be first round picks. You know, of the teams that are going to be in here. I think what Brock Jones from Stanford, I know a lot of people are high on him. It's Mm -hmm. unfortunate. I was really wishing LSU could have somehow beat, you know, Southern Miss. I know they would have had to beat Old Miss last weekend in the Super Regional to be here, but Jacob Berry is a guy that transferred in this past year and just, you know, incredible switch hitter for LSU. So we're getting robbed to seeing him. We're getting robbed to seeing Dylan Cruz is going to be a high pick out of LSU next year Uh, and Trey Morgan, but. Uh, who we will see is the the co-SEC Player of the Year, like you said, in Sonny Deshera. and I think he gives all guys with a beer gut like us, and I say that with no disrespect to him, a little hope, a little uh, a little rooting interest in a guy that maybe doesn't look the part, but man, just goes out there and delivers. I mean, there's a little Pablo Sandoval feel to him, maybe if you will, uh, just a guy who crushes and delivers, and uh, going to be a lot of fun to see how. Uh, how they match up with him and, and you know, how they uh, address facing him. And, you know, is he a guy that maybe you played safe and, hey, let's just, you know, intentionally walk him and we'll deal with the guys behind him in the lineup. We'll see what Ole Miss does and, and whoever else they, you know, they play throughout this tournament. But um, yeah, it, it's something we've seen in years past that teams maybe played safe with some of the hottest and, and, and strongest hitters in the college world series.
0: Yeah. And this is something, I mean, Both Ivan Melendez and Sonny the Sheriff, guys who are expected to go, you know, sometime I would say probably in day two of the draft. But neither guy am I going to give a single pitch to hit in this entire thing. And and I think both of these teams, both Texas um, and Auburn, it comes down to how like can they give those guys opportunities to hit? Meaning, can they get runners on base? Can they have traffic on the base paths and have threats in front and behind them? You know, does does Texas move Trey Falteen? The shortstop or Silas Ardwin, the catcher, do they move them closer to Ivan Melendez to give him a chance to hit? Um, how does Auburn do with Cole Foster and Bobby Pierce? But either way, going to be really exciting to watch. Um, I do want to get your, your pick from this regional. Um, we know the, the, the betting money is on Stanford and Arkansas. Uh, who do you see coming out of, out of this region, uh, this bracket, and making the championship?
1: Yeah, I think it's Arkansas. I just I I like their lineup. Like I said, uh, Stovall's been one of my favorite players to watch all year. Braden Webb defensively and offensively fun to watch. And then again, I think I think Connor Nolan has figured it out. He was I mean, it, it was it was a rough go there down the stretch of the SEC schedule. But since he's gotten to the postseason, he's been money. He was money this past weekend against UNC. So Um, I I like Dave, Dave Van Horn's chances and I, and I think Arkansas advances. And let me just give you this stat, you know, I I saw it out there and it's kind of a weird stat, but it's a team that was a top three seed one year that loses and gets upset early the next year bounces back to win the the college world series. Uh, I think it's five of, of the last seven times that has, that has qualified. So Texas and Arkansas both fall into that category. So because of that, I'm playing the odds and I'm taking Arkansas and I'm taking Texas to go to the uh, to the finals here because I I look, I gotta play the odds. Yeah. And
0: Arkansas's just got so much infield talent when you look at um the offense and the defense, obviously, with with Caden Wallace and Robert Moore, um, Jalen Battles, I think is a little bit underrated as a shortstop, and then Brady Slavins at first. And it, it's just something where you can see in the numbers, you can see in the stats. They're the best defense on paper in this, I believe actually in Omaha out of all eight teams, not just out of this side of the bracket, but it's something where they're fundamentally sound. They're not overly reliant on the home run. They hit plenty of them, uh, but they get on base really well. Um, and so it just, it feels like their game translates really well to Omaha. And then, like you said, they have the confluence of, of, of fate and previous history experience being here. And I think that's something that we too commonly dismisses experience in Omaha I think Notre Dame and Arkansas both have a ton of history as far as guys on the team who have been to Omaha have done this before and so I feel like Arkansas is going to be one of the favorites I do think just having seen them up close in person so much this year I do think that Auburn can make a bit of a run it's something where they lost the series to old Miss, they lost a series to Arkansas. They're a different team now than they were then. Like you said, they've had some of the pitchers step up, Joseph Gonzalez most notably. Uh, the bullpen has been absolutely dominant in the course of the postseason, uh, just going out there inning after inning after inning scoreless to give the offense a chance to come back. And this team has more than 20 come-from-behind wins over the season. So Auburn feels like a team to me that a lot of people are counting out because of how they finished last year. And the fact that they weren't ranked very well and they, they had to go on the road for their super. But Auburn feels like a team. If it's not Arkansas, I think it's going to be Auburn. But I think both those teams are going to win their opening matchups and that'll be our round two. Um, so Arkansas and Stanford, that's Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and then Auburn versus Ole Miss at 7 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Talent Solutions. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. You can help find the people that you want to interview faster and for free. So create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach uh, your connections and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Uh, Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And that's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one and delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MLB. That's linkedin.com slash MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Um, you know how like the, the folks at Built Bar are always coming out with new flavors. I just got a package the other day. Mud pie. Okay. Uh, so, okay, if you're a chocolate fan, all right, a mud pie is whipped cream and chocolate mousse wrapped in 100% real chocolate, like all built Bars are, and then topped with cookie, cookies and cream crumbles. And built for the first time, has introduced this flavor as both a bar and a puff. So you've got to try it. It's a limited-time thing, so you need to do it as soon as you can. Um, 16 grams of protein, 150 calories, 8 grams of sugar. Uh, They're available on Built.com right now, but again, limited time thing, whether you want them for something with your workout, for a treat, a quick bite, a snack, whatever it is, stop drooling, get to Built.com to order your box of mud pie bars or puffs now. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. What are you what are you most excited for when it comes to the college world series? Is it getting to watch the high level games? Is it getting to see the players who are going to be the future stars? Like what is the thing for Chris Gordy that has you uh excited about the college world series every year?
1: I'm always interested to see what the attitude is when you get there. I mean, we see this every year, but some teams kind of show up with the big eyes and the moment's a little too big for them. They're they're just happy to be there. They're like, you know, team like Auburn, I could certainly see that maybe happening to. Hey, we didn't think we'd be here either. Or Ole Miss. And they say, Oh, man, we're just happy to be here. And then they're two in barbecue and you're back on a bus heading back home. So uh, that's always interesting to me to see how teams focus and how they respond. And then also, you know, there is the the familiarity factor of teams here that have seen each other already and played each other during the regular season. How does that transpire? Do we see something completely different than we saw early in the year? That always intrigues me. And then Lastly, you know, look, the old Rosenblatt was historic. It was romantic. It was, it felt like you were sitting on top of the field and it was nice. This new ballpark is very nice. It's very pretty, but it's also not as intimate. Mm-hmm. How's the ballpark playing? You know, I think the biggest criticism the first few years when they, when they got here was, um, you know, is the wind blowing out, you know, is it, or is it blowing in uh, some balls that were home runs throughout the regular season aren't uh now in Omaha and then in recent years we've seen a little bit different we did see some more home runs in recent years so I'll be interested to see how the weather plays um you know hopefully the weather holds out and we don't have much rain in the forecast because we've had to deal with that in years past where rain delays how do you deal with that mentally you know a lot of teams uh respond differently to that so those are all kind of the big picture things that I'm looking for but particularly who comes focused laser focused and ready to go and is straight business. I was able to uh, cover the uh, LSU team in 09 that ended up beating Texas in in three games in the championship. And that team from the word go was laser focused, a complete business approach. um, And and they came through and they won it. Then you have teams like coastal Carolina and Oregon state who, you know, are able to put it all together. And, you know, maybe some people saying, Oh, why is that team here? They're not supposed to be here, but they break through and they, and they get there. So, Really going to be interesting to see. I think this is a tremendous field. And, and in all honesty, I think it could be a, any one of these teams I could see them hosting the trophy.
0: Yeah, this is one of the few years where I feel like any of these eight teams could legitimately win this whole thing. And I think for me, the best part of the College World Series in Omaha is the pitchers who step up and go multiple. And I just think about uh, Kevin Copps last year uh, throwing you know throwing on a Friday in relief and then coming back and, and, and starting – and going 110 pitches. Uh, but you're going to see a lot of pitching performances like that. Uh, Quinn Matthews in the super regionals, uh, Stanford's reliever had two nine out saves. Like that's the kind of stuff that you see in the postseason. That you don't see in the regular season and everything's obviously amplified. Uh, once you get to Omaha, especially after that opening game and half the teams are winner go home, it's pulling everything out. And so it's, it's, it's seeing stuff like that. It's, um, teams like Arkansas who had such a bad, bad luck loss last year, you know, a single run um, or two single run games to, you know, to lose in the supers. And then 20, uh, 2019 to one run losses at the college world series and all that kind of stuff. And so for me, it's seeing these teams just come together and, and focus on nothing but ball, go on a business trip and st- just stay, step up to another plane, like to a, another level of playing that they haven't yet done. There's always one team that just goes on an almost insane run, and everything gels, the luck works out in their favor, and I don't know who it's going to be this year, but I'm really excited to watch it to see who it's going to be. Uh, I think it's time for final predictions. Who do you have winning the entire College World Series? Who's your championship matchup, and who's your winner?
1: Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, just when when you look at all these teams, but uh, I'm, again, I'm going to kind of roll with what I was saying. I think Texas goes, goes on a deep run. I think Arkansas go on a deep run. And I think, uh, I think that's, I think both those teams are are, are going to have a chance to win it all. I don't know if I can pick uh, particularly one. Uh, maybe I'll go SEC heavy and I'll just say Arkansas wins it all. And Dave Van Horn finally breaks through and Man, you know, yet another you know SEC team. Although I have some friends that are Ole Miss fans that think this could be the year for them. And Mike Bianco, I mean, one of the great guys in the sport. Uh, how great would it be for the Egg Bowl to go back to back in championships? When Mississippi oh, State last year and Ole Miss this year? Yeah, uh, yeah, they would certainly have some uh, some heated battles in that uh, in the state of Mississippi if that were to happen. But i am tell i think i'm gonna go with arkansas i I love what i've seen from from connor uh nolan in the past couple weeks i think he's ready to go
0: yeah i've got uh texas beating notre dame to make to make the the championship on the other side i i've got arkansas beating auburn to make the championship and i think i've got arkansas taking the whole thing as well there's just too much high level talent in the infield the pitching staff has looked good um Brady Tigard, I think, has just. I think he's going to transcend some of those issues he had in the supers against Oklahoma State and in the regionals, and he's just going to come out and and be lights out. So, I think I also have to take Arkansas. I know that's not fun for everybody. We're picking the same team, but it's something where this is, uh, like you said, any of these eight teams could win, and there's there's I see paths for every single team, and it's just uh, who's going to click at the right time. Either way, going to be a great two days of games Friday and Saturday to figure out who's in the winner's bracket, who's in the loser's bracket. And it's going to be a great college world series. If folks uh, want to follow more about you and locked on SEC and what you do, where can they find you and find your work?
1: Yeah. Just search locked on SEC, wherever you get your podcast or uh, search for us on YouTube. we got the video version going up for a year now and uh, been a lot of fun. We're going to be uh, switching gears, getting into a lot of, SEC football offseason conversations we start to look ahead as the season is almost upon us but man always fun to talk all things uh, college baseball and you know lo and behold just feels like every year the SEC is a big part of it half the field this year and you want to include Texas and Oklahoma in there man once they get to the SEC in a couple years you wonder if they'll just call Omaha the SEC invitational
0: just move the whole thing to Hoover I think is what's going to happen you're just going to move the whole thing to the SEC tournament site in Hoover um So my show, Locked on MLB Prospects, we're doing a lot of stuff right now involving uh, both the College World Series and the MLB Draft coming up in July. So we're going to be covering these games from the perspective of uh, guys who are raising their draft stock. Somebody from from the College World Series is going to end up in the first round based off of what they do in the next two weeks. And it's always fun to figure out who that is. You can find uh, my show on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can go search for Locked on MLB Prospects wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And you can follow me on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Uh um. <laughs>